folks, welcome in to another episode of the Orlando Soccer Show. It's Thursday, April 13th. We're back, Gavin and Kyle with you this week. You may have missed us. We've been gone for a couple weeks. Schedules didn't really line up necessarily. We're just busy people. We got a lot going on. We're very tired people mostly too. I think that'll usually explain it. Um, but also- it, also, it also turns out firing Austin had a lot more impact that we thought it would yeah you know it we we were really excited to be rid of him and then we realized that he actually was kind of the the engine behind everything we do and so it's uh you know when you take something from responsible hands and put them in the hands of gavin and i having a you know things having a showrunner helps it turns out um but now who who do you think runs their product worse us doing this or elon musk running twitter oh easily us and that's saying something (laughs) (laughs) uh but no no listen i don't think anything can get worse than what's going on over there at uh what are they calling it titter now is that the joke this week uh yes yeah yes this was uh this was the very brilliant 12 year old brain joke and you won't believe this i don't know if you saw this uh your blue check mark, it's been pushed back again, your removal, uh, to four twenty. So next Yeah, week. first it was gonna be April Fool's Day, and now it's gonna be four twenty. And you know, this time I really believe it. Yep. That's totally it's totally gonna happen this time because everything that has ever been announced to this point has come true. So but uh enough of the annoying world nonsense, and let's kind of zero in on some of the more annoying on field nonsense for Orlando City. And the Orlando Pride, they're all back in action this week. Obviously, we have, you know, we've missed a couple weeks. Not a lot happened. Both teams were off this week. OCB did play. We'll kind of run over that in a minute. But let's look ahead. We got both teams back in action this week. Um, and but Kyle, before we start, I don't think that we have officially talked about this on the podcast, only because it's been like three weeks since we recorded. Um you have a new gig going on regarding Orlando City and Orlando Pride. Why don't you share some share some uh, details about that? Uh, yes, this is true. So first, I will give a little bit of context. I had said back in January, as we all did, that we were going to be stepping up and doing a lot more and being more regular with things. And I had even broached the subject of potentially doing some some writing, some more column-esque things hadn't figured out a way to do it yet but it was it was a thing that was in the works i talked about it whatever then month and a half ago however long it was austin informed us that uh, he was committing acts that we had to fire him for and then he had a new job lined up and it was like cool so i'm gonna step in and help do some of the writing for the soccer journal for game coverage that's super easy i can help cover for him not a lot of pressure on that terms, just just go for it. Cool, it's a it's a good way to get get going on that. And then, like the same day or the day after, I don't know, we learned that that Mike was also having some some life changes going on and some job changes that were limiting his role writing for the Orlando Sentinel. And so it was one of those freeze frame. Everybody look at me and go, "Welp." guess we're stuck with that guy so i am now officially as of uh i guess two weeks ago because last weekend was a bye week the orlando city and orlando pride correspondent for the sentinel 
So I will be covering all the games for them. I will be I will not be able to do it to the level that Austin did in terms of just constantly tweeting and involved. But the good news is Austin is still doing that. Um, obviously, if we find things that are uh, from different venues different or different uh, avenues, because we approach things obviously differently than than the club does. So we find things I share them and tweet, but I just I, I work three jobs and life is busy, but that's what I'm doing now. So that's part of when we talk about how we haven't recorded in a while because we're all tired and working and doing a lot. That is uh, all one and a half of my brain cells have been stretched thin between three different jobs. So it's 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 fun, but it's super cool to be writing professionally and have my byline in the newspaper that I grew up reading because uh, I was a nerd and it was super surreal to see the Sunday paper with my name on it. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things that I think kind of drives us all and that we've talked about a lot on this podcast is you mentioned all of the things that you've already got going on and you do it and you're doing more work now. Like that's just the, with the love of the game will, you will, you know, kind of will you to, to do what you can to give back to it. And, you know, from my perspective here, obviously, you know, happy for you you know the the osj the or the orlando soccer show pipeline to the orlando sentinel gains another um so it's just you know awesome to see all of you guys down there you austin mike thriving in your own ways uh, being able to do this for orlando city you know we've we've all been here since pretty much the beginning and it's nice to see good things happen to you guys so very exciting. Now, does this essentially make you? Does this make you Squidward in the meme where he's watching SpongeBob Patrick playing outside, where like every everyone's doing all this here, and you're like stuck in Virginia? Like, <laughs> is that you right now? Are you Squidward? Um, I guess technically, I mean, I do miss being down there, um, but at the same time, I, I mean, I, I love where I'm at up here in Virginia, and I don't regret it for a second. I mean, I'm looking out the window right now. You heard now. it here first, folks, Gavin Eubank. Yeah. Hater of Orlando. Hater, yeah. No, honestly, Orlando sucks, and I am so glad I got out of there. No, listen, I mean, we, on a realer level, Florida sucks. It's, you know, place. Good I will I will give you that. <laughs> but, All uh, right, let's, uh, let's but, yeah. talk some soccer. So, obviously, we've got two games yeah. coming up this weekend, which are nice. We've got, we'll start with Orlando City, because we do have a couple injury updates uh, from training this week. So, Urchan Kara is back in training. He's looks set to start or at least play significantly this weekend whether he'll start or not won't come down to injury it's more a tactical decision so we'll see how that goes chances are he'll probably end up starting and also uh mikey Mikey holiday was injured when he was off with the usu 20 so that's why he has not been around playing not sure on the details of the injury just know that he's he was hurt so he's gonna be out for a couple more weeks while he recovers from that so that's why he has not been playing or training for a while we do also know that wilder cartagena is okay that's really all we know we just know he was okay that the mri was precautionary and so we do want to say anytime you see anyone trying to make a big deal out of an orlando city player getting an mri understand that they get mris like most of us get gas it's just a part of the routine to help when you have partnerships with a very well good is a is a <laughs> subjective term depending on your personal experiences with them but but in, in a in a large medical with a large medical and health uh, provider you're gonna have easier access to those things and so it's much better to just be precautionary and i'm sure it's also pretty common around sports in general but 
just want to be precautionary. So they do scans anytime. I'm sure if the weather's, you know, if rain is coming in and the knees are aching MRI. So never worry when they say they're giving a player an MRI, unless you like watch them collapse on the field and their knee disintegrated, in which case you can probably assume it's something bad. But for the most part, it's just what they do, just so they can make sure that they don't push anything back too early and go, oh, it's just a, a small little little nagging problem, and then it turns out it was something bigger. So, but that doesn't really happen. It's so it's just what they do. It's just it's common. And this so, is coming from a guy he, who is who makes a hospital chart weekly. So I trust his expertise <laughs> in, in the medical field. As someone as someone with plenty of experience getting MRIs, um, and and lots of visits to hospitals and doctors, um course mine they, they find things mine's just more being either dumb or unlucky but yeah no it's 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 just a thing they just do and then for whatever reason it always comes out they don't usually they're not usually putting it out there but people find it and it gets out there and it kind of gets made a big i think it it gets right into a little more than it should so just to to clarify on that if there ever is a sense that there's something more serious uh, we'll make sure that it that's out there but more often than not it's not so should be a, a pretty healthy Orlando City coming into the weekend. We'll see how that actually pans out on the field. But looks like things about Antonio Carlos. We we Gavin and I were talking about. We we have a feeling. I would be very surprised if he does not start, given that he was already returned from injury and now has had an extra, you know, two weeks leading up into this game to continue to recover and and be good to go. Yeah, no, I mean, I think one of the things kind of he made his debut um, before the break there. He got some time and, you know, it kind of seemed like all things were on pace, especially with that week off that Antonio Carlos would be back back this weekend. As you said, Orlando City's back in action. Minnesota United, they're on the road at Allianz Field. This game is 830 p.m. on Saturday night, free on Apple TV Plus, by the way. So you don't need to have a season pass subscription to watch this. Anybody can go in there and access. You just need, obviously, access to the Apple TV app. So Orlando City, they're looking to turn things around. They're coming off that 2 to nothing loss at home to Nashville SC a couple weeks ago. Not a great one. Orlando dominated the game offensively. You know, they didn't look bad, but it was two just unfortunate moments. Two kind of lapses in defense that led to their downfall on that one. But they're back this week against Minnesota. It's the first time uh, I didn't actually realize this. Apparently it's the first meeting that Orlando has had with Minnesota since the MLS is back. Semi-final all the way back in 2020. That was a 3-1 Orlando win, obviously, on their road to the final in that tournament. Minnesota United, they are... I guess you could say they've been a pretty good team this, so far this year. They're not blowing anybody away, but they're getting results. And I think that's kind of been the staple of the Adrian Heath model there in Minnesota is that Minnesota is constantly a team that is going to, they're going to, they're going to be there, you know, ultimately throughout the season. And they've shown so far with the results They're like I said, they're not blowing anyone away. They've only allowed five goals in six games this season. So if you're looking at it from the Orlando City perspective, Orlando does not score a lot of goals. At least they have not scored a lot of goals. And Minnesota is a team that does not give up a lot of goals. So going on the road is going to be a challenge. Uh, they're coming off a pair of 2-1. They're coming off a pair of 1-1 draws in their both of their home games so far this season. So low scoring affairs there at Allianz. And I mentioned... A team that does not concede a lot. 
similar to Orlando, they don't necessarily score a lot either. Seven goals this season, five of those, all from set pieces. So only two goals from open play. So if you're Orlando City, Kyle, and you're looking at this and you've got you're you're starting to find your form offensively, you probably are going to have your star center back back in the lineup for the first time this year. You are, however, missing Michael Holiday. But you've got the additions, you've got the trending, you know, the positive upward trajectory in terms of your offense. Do you, do you feel this as a as a good matchup for Orlando City? Do you see some potential here for this one? Yeah, I think it, I think it could be. I think you're talking about kind of somewhat similar teams to score in terms of not scoring a lot of goals. Um, I think it sets up pretty well for a healthy Orlando to come in and, and be solid at the back, not make. We've talked about this before. Most of City's losses this season have come off of some very poorly allowed goals like defensive just complete lapses and ball watching and things like that 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 have just been easily prevented and so some of those that were even games where Orlando allowed two goals could have been one goal games which which drastically changes the the everything about the game both in the moment and even just the way you look at it right you feel a lot and you feel good about a loss but you feel a lot better about a one nothing loss and you do a two nothing loss so I think coming in now, having time to rest, getting players back healthy, continuing to work on improving. I mean, I, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter and, and even on the show, but I, I think Orlando has looked more aggressive in the attack. I think tactically things have been tweaked a little bit. There's been nothing drastic. There's been no need to flip the script and immediately change everything. And I almost appreciate that kind of steady hand approach, right? Better than just kind of a more wishy-washy, hey, this didn't work one week, let's completely rewrite the book and do something different next week. So I think we've seen steady growth and progress. I think you talked about in the game against Nashville, it looked like the attack was stronger offensively. Things looked really good, just really unfortunate to not be able to get the ball in the back of the net, which is statistically and historically in the sport. Those will come if you're creating the opportunities, if you're getting into space and you're having the chances to score, you're not going to go on not scoring forever in the same way that a team that is scoring way above their expected goals is not going to keep doing that forever, right? It eventually kind of regresses back to the mean. So I think this is a good opportunity for Orlando to get on the score sheet with one, maybe even two goals and come away with a nice, nice uh, one goal win either way. I think a a one, nothing or a two, one, but I think it's a really appealing matchup to have here. And also, the last time Orlando City lost to Minnesota United was in 2018 when rookie Duncan McGuire was in high school. <laughs> That's a long time ago, and I don't that kind of crazy to think about Minnesota entering the league so long ago. And yeah, that matchup. Um, here's a stat that I'm going to throw out there via Matt Doyle in his um, pre-match day column so we've kind of talked about orlando city struggling and i know i've mentioned a couple times on the show we've talked about facundo torres has not really been lighting it up so far this season his expected assists being kind of one of the guys that you are looking at to create opportunities for orlando and he certainly did that very well last season one or sorry 0.96 expected assists that's 50th in major league soccer Fagundo's got to step it up. No, I mean, at some point you look at where this offense is kind of sputtering. 
how how important do you think it's going to be essentially do you see it that he gets going kind of coming out of this break now oh it's vital i mean that's that's what makes the difference in a team like this where you you have players like him who are instrumental to how they operate and so i think part of the issues we've seen too have just been him probably operating it i would say 60 to 70% of what he's capable of he's not been terrible but considering how important he was to last season's success, especially the Open Cup run, I think when you have a player like that who's no longer contributing in that same way. Now, the good thing is, the reassuring thing is, he's clearly capable of it. So it's just a matter of getting things back to where they need to be. I think the offseason, will he, won't he leave and go to Europe, that has an effect when... You know, and just coming back and getting back into the swing of things and things like that. Sometimes it takes players a little bit longer. Um, in the same way that I'm not ready to push the panic button on anything for Orlando City, just in terms of coaching and and results and things. Like that. I'm also not ready to do that about about him. But he is going to need to get back to what he has been if the team wants to be where where they're capable of being. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, you kind of hit it there on the head. No one's pushing the panic button right now for Orlando City. And I'll say one thing. There's been a lot of talk on social media, especially after the most recent loss. And thank God for that that off week because it's given us a chance to not see all of the kind of toxicity that's been going on on the Internet out there. But, Kyle, I'll ask you a simple yes or no question. Are you personally happy with the way that you've witnessed Orlando City playing this year? happy like you're like no. you you and i we sit here and we watch these games and then you know and analyze them to come on the podcast and talk about it we're not enjoying this right no but i'm also not like i'm not enjoying watching it in the moment but i also know that it's not go- or at least i believe that it's not going to stay that way right like i see the clear building blocks of a more enjoyable future and more enjoyable games to watch. And I see that it's like right on the cusp of being there. And I think that's why there's a lot of that disappointment and that kind of dreading feeling when we're watching some of the games. And it can be a little a little less enjoyable to watch. But I'm not so happy. No, I'm not happy watching the games. But I'm also not like completely defeatist. I am seeing positives out of them. If this is still going on for months, then yes, I, I will just not be happy about any of it in general. But. Okay, yeah, because I only asked because obviously, like I said, after that loss and kind of defending where Orlando City is right now, obviously the results aren't good and there's a, a lot of hype. And granted, we did put some of that hype out there in terms of what we thought Orlando City was going to look like this season. And it hasn't come to fruition to this point, but it's a long season. The, the game, you know, exactly. the, you're playing to win MLS Cup. And unfortunately, in Major League Soccer, you have a very... A very, very wide margin of error in terms of how you can perform and still be in contention for that. And so I just want to make it clear that when I go on the internet and I defend and I say things like, it's fine, calm down, it's just a game, you know, it's just early season games and people attack us for like, so you're accepting this. No, we're, we're not accepting the level of play, but we also have faith and with that our eyes are telling us things are trending in the right direction. Um, so prediction for the game, you said a one nothing victory. You think Orlando pulls out? 
I think either a one nothing or a two one. Okay, that's fair. I think given both of these teams, especially Minnesota's, they don't concede. Like I said, they don't concede a lot. They don't score a lot. And Orlando is the same story, really. Um, yeah, I think it's either I. I'm leaning one one. I think both teams pull out another draw. No one's happy, and we do a little song and dance again heading into next week. Any more thoughts on this one before we move on? No, I just think it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I'd I'd like to see some more of the same progress, uh, and I also think just kind of again, just real briefly on what we've been talking about in terms of coaching and tactics and accepting things and blah blah blah. I, I watched the Chelsea. Real Madrid match, and it just reminded me that firing coaches and constantly making changes does not actually, in fact, make your team better. <laughs> yeah, turns out. Crazy concept. So let's turn our attention now to the Orlando Pride. They're back in action as well this weekend. They are hosting Gotham FC at Exploria Stadium on Saturday night, 7 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. They're coming off a home opening loss to Angel City a couple weeks ago, so they're 0-2 on the season. But as you have noted, you were there at that game. The first performance against Portland obviously is not one that there was many positives to take away from. But for Orlando, despite this result, a 2-1 to one loss, things are actually not looking so bad for the Pride, huh? Yeah, there was a lot of really encouraging stuff in that game. I think it's still very clear that the Pride are a very young team. There's a lot a lot that's going to have to improve as the season goes on and even as the next couple of seasons go on. But there was, a, you know, the, the Portland game was just the first goal goes in and you can see the demeanor change completely, just completely demoralized knowing that you've allowed one of the best teams in, in a decade. I mean, that team is just ridiculously strong and you've allowed them to score early and it's all going to go downhill from there. And you could, you could see that on the field. Then you come into this game against Angel City and Orlando, instead of looking defeated and already kind of throwing in the towel in the season, came out looking very hungry, looking very aggressive. We still see really silly, sloppy mistakes, whether it be passing or just in possession. But again, some of that is to be expected with A, early season still getting into into peak form, B, being such a young team. I think the the penalty that was, that was given... I thought it was uh, soft is maybe not the right word, but it was it was unfortunate. I thought it was an unfortunate penalty. And then obviously Masai Bright scoring her her first goal when she came on uh, her first career ML- or MLS NWSL goal was was extreme. It was just a great play with the way she was able to 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 cut through the defenders and get right between them and get the ball delivered and, and go in and score. I think that was a really encouraging thing. And then obviously we get into stoppage time and there were a lot of minutes it was very long it was arguably even too long so it was quite unfortunate to have that goal given up at the literal last second it was a a very well taken corner and can argue that maybe Morehouse could have been able to do a little bit more to get on that she had also been phenomenal through that whole game playing significantly better than I think most of us would have expected her to play. So I don't know. I think that was a game that they, they were very unlucky to not take a point out of. And I think it, it just makes you feel better about where they're at as a team 
versus the the Portland game. I think it's a better barometer for where they're going to be this season. I don't think they're going to be a lose for nothing every game. I still don't think they're going to be super great, but it's a rebuilding year. It's a, I mean, that's kind of the whole point. It's a retooled roster. There's a lot of young players. So I think, I think that's okay. So I'm excited to see what happens this week. I think actually against Gotham is a, is a good opportunity to get the first win of the season for the pride uh, at the very least get a point. But I, I think a win is, is quite li- likely, maybe not the right word, but quite doable. So it'll be interesting to see if, if some of these improvements we saw against Angel City will continue to grow and develop coming in this week. And I'm, I'm encouraged by what I've seen. I think it's, it's again, comes down to trying to build the team the right way, trying to do things the right way. And obviously you want to have results go your way. And if they don't ever, it can get kind of frustrating, but I expect things to, to look a little brighter for the pride, hopefully this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's a good opportunity this week at home against Gotham, a Gotham team that is has a win and a loss so far through first two games on the season. They pulled off a stunning victory, an upset in Angel City against uh, or in Los Angeles against Angel City on opening day, a two to one win in that one. And then they followed it up a week later at home with a two nothing loss to OL Reign at Red Bull Arena. So they're coming into Orlando now, and I believe that Gotham, for whatever it's worth, was one of the teams that Orlando did beat in their undefeated preseason. But like you said, really good opportunity to start putting those pieces together against a weaker opponent, obviously the weakest opponent that Orlando has played so far in in you know in their third game of the season. It'll be interesting to see what they can put together. And if they have a positive response, I think that's kind of the one thing that we been able to take away from Seth Hines is that there's a lot of positivity within the group. There's obviously the understanding of, like you said, this is not going to be an easy year by any means. It's certainly going to be a lot of growing pains, a lot of challenges along the way, and how the team responds to that is going to be key. And they have the perfect opportunity this weekend to do that. So predictions for the match? How do you uh, see this one ending up? Uh, I think it could be a, a nice little one nothing or a one one. I don't think it's going to be a super high scoring game, but I think I think there's a potential there for a nice win. I think similar to with with City. I think I think if it's a win for Orlando, it's going to be a one goal win. Yeah, I think it it'll definitely help if they can set the tone early, get a goal, and be able to kind of to defend and play their game from there on out. That's going to be pretty important for this team. Um, a couple of other pride notes that we have missed over the last couple of weeks. Just some things to get out of the way. Um, Thaya Rice has returned to the team on a one-year contract with an additional option year. She's rejoined the pride after being assigned via Discovery on June 11th last season. That followed the announcement that Leah Pruitt has retired from the NWSL after a four-year career. She's going to move on from soccer to pursue new career opportunities. And then the big signing. Over the last couple of weeks, 18-year-old Canadian international Amanda Allen joining Orlando on a three-year deal through the 2025 season. And Allen recently called up to Canada's senior national team for this past international window. A big up-and-coming Canadian international, really talented player. A lot of excitement around this signing. What do you? Uh, how do you uh, view this one for the Pride? I well I mean obviously knowing I that we don't necessarily know a ton about her but you know a, a good addition at the very least 
I think the more needed signings were in any position but the attack, so yeah. kind of iffier on that. However, clearly, clearly a talented player yeah. uh, with a ton of potential. So if this turns out to be a really good signing, which which very, very easily could be and, and could be just another way to bolster the pride attack, I think super great and super on board with it. Um I think there's there's a ton of potential there. So excited to see how that works out when you get a player that young who's already getting looks with a national team despite not having like a pro career yet. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's incredibly impressive. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that does it for the Pride. Let's kind of wrap things up here with Orlando City B. They are statistically speaking the best professional soccer team in orlando this season three and oh undefeated well, well mm, i'm gonna counter you on that the <laughs> technically, technically the crusaders are uh, the best okay all right i believe they've already i'll concede on that one I believe they've already i believe like the men have clinched a spot already in the championship with several games to play and that the women's team has also been quite good so they are technically the best but the best outdoor professional soccer team in orlando how about that the best outdoor professional soccer team in Kissimmee. <laughs> that's fair too okay yeah well i'll concede on that one as well <laughs> all, all jokes aside they're looking really good and watching the game against inner miami last weekend they there is some real talent in that team there is there is some like legitimately good talent there so really really intrigued to see what they're able to continue to do um we were talking last week like uh they've got they've got Jacqueline who based on what he was able to do last season and even a little bit this season I think it's a little surprising he's not getting more chances at a higher level whether it's getting a chance to play for the MLS side or more than just like six minute cameos or when uh, oh the word or going out on loan, going to to either uh, an MLS team or a USL team, or getting something other than playing at MLS Next Pro, because I think he's a little too good to be playing there. Um, they've got a nice goalkeeper that could look, looks like it's got a you know he's got some some potential there. So a lot of a lot of really good encouraging things there with OCB. Very excited to uh to see that when you bring in guys like Muzi and, and Pereja who have a history in Dallas of building a team for the long haul and the U15s just came in fourth in like a, a pretty big tournament with teams from from all around the the world so like and they they had a player who was uh in the in the best 11 for the tournament i believe it was the golden boot as well like just a lot of really good things from the youth pipeline into Orlando City that's really encouraging for the future. And it's just nice to watch a team that, you know, can beat Miami. Big fan of big fan of that. <laughs> yeah, it was a two nothing victory over Miami at Osceola County Stadium over the weekend. Jack Lynn, like you said, he scored his second goal of the season, as well as Fabian Laiol, Orlando City's homegrown. He scored his first goal of the year to keep OCB on a roll. This weekend they are in Atlanta to take on Atlanta United 2. That is at 5th, 3rd Stadium Bank Park in Atlanta. 
Um, you can watch that game on Apple TV MLS Season Pass. Uh, the next couple of games will be streaming on MLSNextPro.com. But this one will be on Apple, so good for there. Um, another note for the Orlando City Youth Pipeline that Kyle mentioned there, the Orlando City Academy U15s made a run all the way to the semifinals of the Generation Adidas Cup last week. Advancing to the semifinals, they ultimately fell short, but the Young Lions made a strong showing for, like Kyle said, what is to come in the next few years. So a lot of good talent, all of this kind of coming together. I think Orlando's academy system, you know, especially OCB in general, has, has seen a lot of ups and downs, a lot of restructuring, a lot of, you know, just heading in general different directions almost restarting at, at several points but we've seen over the last couple of years the homegrown talent is starting to show up on orlando's roster it hasn't necessarily been showing up on the field just yet but certainly heading in the right direction a lot of talent um so that's it that's it for orlando city orlando pride orlando city b kyle we were planning to make this a rather short show this week just to kind of look forward so with that, let's head into our weird news, red cards. What do you got for weird news this week? Oh, do I have weird news? No yelling, no phones. Florida teacher accused of organizing a middle school fight club. Yeah, that's what you were going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> a teacher in Florida is being accused of organizing fights at Griffin Middle School in Tallahassee. Uh, the local news says students weren't being allowed to fight in this teacher's classroom. They, uh, there were videos that were taken. Within a two-day span, um, documents obtained by the news networks that several sixth-grade girls told police they participated in fights planned during school hours and were invited back for more fights. A teacher, 23 years old, allegedly had rules, including 30 seconds, no screaming, no yelling, no phones, which was heard on camera. She told participants to stop pulling hair. She was sitting at her desk while that was happening, failing to break them up. She didn't report these to the administrators, so it wasn't like... There were just fights going on. She couldn't do it. And then, you know, she was on camera telling them to uh, to fight. So, you know, teacher fight club. I'm glad, uh, glad Florida's government is focusing on real issues and, you know, not stuff like this. You know, to be fair, I can, I can see plenty of reasons why these, why teachers nowadays have, they need to blow off some steam. Give it up? <laughs> yeah. They, they, I, I can see how they've just given up yeah, and just don't care. I think it's fair. unfortunate. I think it's terrible. I think it's like this is an awful situation that, that we're sort of, I mean, we're laughing at because what else can you do and things like that. But, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Just uh, putting a smile on and let the tears roll. That's pretty much where we're at right now. Um, mine is, uh, Mine's not as good as yours, but, you know. They finally done it. The Indian Veterinary Research Institute, the top animal organization in India, they have finally concluded, after many tests, that fresh cow urine is actually not fit for human consumption, as it may contain potentially large, potentially harmful bacteria. Um, apparently, it's been a a belief in India um, that cow urine is actually good. Uh, earlier in January, a session court judge said that there is a need to protect cows in the country as cow urine, quote, can cure many incurable diseases and the cow dung stops radiation. 
radiation of what? Who knows? However, the research has concluded that the presence of uh, E. coli, which may cause stomach illness, was most frequently found in the urine samples from healthy cows and bulls. So, uh, as well as at least 14 other harmful bacteria. So, don't, uh, there's a lot of junk science out there. And very uh, concerningly, more than ever, people appear to be taking all of that as the gospel. Uh, so, don't. Don't drink the cow urine. Uh, red card. Don't drink any urine. It's <laughs> yep, Drinking well, any urine seems like a thing you shouldn't do. Well, but... Bear Giles would beg to differ, so... Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. What did you just call him? Did I? Is there a bear, Giles? What is? What? Am, what it's am I getting? Bear, I know it's bear, bear grills. Bear, I know. Yeah. Now yeah. that I'm saying it, I know it's bear grills. But where am I getting bear <laughs> Giles from? I don't know. <laughs> All right, bear grills. That's that's the guy's name. Sorry, bear. Yeah, that's premature right. red card to Gavin for once again yes. mispronouncing an easy name on the show. Do you yes. have any red cards or playing advantages this week? I have both, and they're all tied into one. Okay. For anyone who has been on the internet, you are familiar with the situation that has happened in Tennessee. But if you are not, there were three uh, Democratic state lawmakers in Tennessee who helped lead protests in wake of the school shooting in Tennessee into the state house. They were leading these protesters and chanting with them and, and being what what local leaders should be the republican house speaker decided to liken their protest to an insurrection because republicans are horrible people who are just trying to somehow conflate being loud in a in a peaceful protest which was completely peaceful because not a single person was hurt injured killed uh, as they were on january 6th so they are not comparable. But the Republican House decided to vote to expel the three Democratic lawmakers. They expelled two of them, Representatives Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. They did not expel Representative Gloria Johnson. Do you know the difference between Gloria Johnson and the other two representatives, Representatives Jones and Pearson? Do you know the difference between them? I know the difference very well, Kyle. So let's go ahead and throw it out there. So Gloria Johnson, when asked about this, on, uh, I believe she was on MSNBC at the time when she was asked about this, but I could be wrong on the network, was asked, why were you not expelled any of this work? And she goes, because I'm a 60-year-old white woman and they're two young black men. And she would be correct. And so Tennessee Republicans have done a good old fuck around and find out because uh, Jones and Pearson were immediately reinstated into their seats and they can't be expelled twice for the same uh, incident or for the same offense. So beyond the fact that it was just a stupid thing to expel and that they were, even if you didn't agree with what they were protesting for, which we do. So, so, but if I, if I take that out, according to their own rules, the worst punishment there should have been for them was censure. So it was just a really, really dumb thing for Tennessee Republicans to do, but thankfully they did because all it has done is woken up young voters in Tennessee and seeing massive crowds of young people protesting and rallying for things that matter to them, like, you know, not seeing their classmates gunned down in school, just seeing that that motivation and that fight. And I mean, they listen, these 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 all three of them have been have been inspirational in the way that they've led in the way that they've brought attention to an issue and that, that they've 
stood strong in spite of everything going on. It, they didn't waver at any point in any of this. And in fact, it's just made them want to double down and fight even more. And other Democratic leaders in the state have joined them. It would be nice if, you know, nationwide, a similar approach was taken. But it's, uh, yeah, so play advantage to the Tennessee three there. And obviously a red card, but also I guess playing advantage because they've, it has been inadvertently helpful uh, yeah, to Tennessee big old Republicans blunder who... for Republicans on that. They, they, they obviously get the bad look of being expelling who they expelled. And then on top of that, all it did was one, they got their seats back within like two days and two, it drew so much attention and fundraising to these people. So yeah, good, good old, good old job over there. What about what about you? What do you got for us? Let's see, I've got a couple of playing advantages. I'm gonna give one to the pitch clock in Major League Baseball. Baseball's back. Agreed. And listen, the pitch clock. It is honestly the greatest thing that has come before us. It is so refreshing to be able to get in these games so quickly. The pace moves so fast. We went to a baseball game. Uh, over the weekend on Easter, Double A here in Richmond, the game started at one thirty and or started at one thirty five, and it was over by three forty. So barely two hours. The pace just moves along. So refreshing. The uh, the Yankees played a game the other day, and it's not just like these are all close games. I mean, there was a um, uh, like fifteen to thirteen game a couple weeks, uh, like a week or so ago. It was like the A's and the Guardians or something, and it went by in like two hours and fifteen minutes. The Yankees played a game the other day. They won 11-1 to in Cleveland. Time of game, 2 hours, 24 minutes. So even a game where there is a lot of runs being scored can go by so fast. And listen, folks, baseball is getting fun again. And then my second playing advantage just goes to uh, the Star Wars in general. Star Wars celebration this past mm-hmm. week. All of the announcements that came out of that. So excited for the Ahsoka show to come out this year. We get live action Thrawn for the first time, which not, oh, no, I won't even, you know, go down that road for any potential Mandalorian just, spoilers. Just, not that it has happened yeah, as of the time just, of this recording. But yeah. Not that. It, yeah. They're just, to... just the way they're tying it all together. Yeah. Uh, I share your excitement. Yeah. So that that, that uh, reminds me to give an extra playing advantage uh, really quick to John Wick and John Wick four, which I saw and it was incredible. Have you seen the Mario movie yet? I have not. I am gonna probably wait, only because like I I think I would enjoy seeing it in the theater. The problem is there's really no way to go see that in the theater and avoid being in a theater with small children. And I'm not mad about small children being in there because that's a movie you should take small children to. Uh, I just I I I don't pay for movie tickets to go deal with people being obnoxious in the theater. So instead of being bothered by it i'm just letting like it's for them and i'll watch it when it's streaming and it's totally fine but i've heard very good things yeah good reviews and it's a smashing like every box office record right now so looks pretty good um but to yeah to wrap up my it's uh all the star wars movies that were announced i mean as we know historically speaking it is yet to be seen if any of them actually get made it seems like they are considerably <laughs> far along for the most part but i'm excited for this uh jedi biblical basically that uh might be the farthest away but uh, that dave filoni's movie obviously uh, you know to tie the whole mandoverse or whatever we're calling this together very exciting so 
looking forward to all of that. And I now know that I have over a year to get on uh, Andor season, finish season one. So good timing. I will. You did. You mentioned like the Star Wars is coming though. I believe it's uh, they're hoping that the Ray film is going to come out in 2025. And I saw that and was like, oh, yeah, that's like years from now. That's mm-hmm. it's not right. The beginning of 2025 is just a little over a year and a half from now. Right. Because I mean, don't like that. <laughs> you're ex- you would expect don't if they like released that. it, depending on what the rest of like the movie schedules look like, like maybe like late spring, early summer or they Star Wars likes to do the december releases so but yeah two years away oh yeah no i'm just I'm, I'm just saying like i thought i i still see 2025 and think that it is further away than like 2018 oh yeah no like even to think it's like not even to think like the feloni movie might come out in like 2026 and it's like that's not even a real year but it's three years away and it's like oh crap like that's it's the fact that the prequels came out like we're what 20 years from the release of like attack of the clones now this year and it's you know it time time moves by too fast these days let's just put it at that um well that's it agreed anything else you want to add to this episode no all right well we've we've gone on longer than we originally planned we tried to get this in around like 30 and it's 45 so but that is what it is we'll we'll tight we'll tighten it up one day just to make austin angry there you go. Well, that'll do it for Gavin and Kyle. We will see you guys. I don't know that we're going <laughs> to have any post games this week. <laughs> Kyle will be at the stadium no. on Saturday. Probably won't catch most of any. Well, I'm sure you'll catch some of the Orlando City game. But uh, I'll, I'll catch at least at least the back half of it. But yeah. we uh, we may see you all next week with an episode next week. We will say that we'll do it and then we'll see. <laughs> we'll try. We're all very busy people nowadays, as you can tell. So. But until next time, have a good night.